ask me anything. <laughs> well, I definitely had three specific thoughts that I'd like to share. Please. So um, that was the first time I heard the story about um, the Buddha and that person was given the eight qualities mm. of that person. But um, when you list them, um, the one moral dread made me think of a Jataka tale. And so I'll share that with everybody. Um, Okay, so there was a guru who had many monks, and he had told the monks that the monastery was in dire need of financial assistance, so he told all the monks to go to the village and steal the purses of people, but not to let anybody see him do, or see the monks do this. And so, of course, all the monks took the direction, and they all headed off, all except one monk, and he stood there with his head hanging low, and the guru said, what's the matter? And the young monk said, Although nobody is watching, I am always watching. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I thought of that. No regret. And then um, when you're talking about reputation, I thought about what the Buddha said as far as giving victory to all and taking defeat, all defeat for oneself. And um, I remind myself of that, especially at work. Like um, if they ask, you know, if a task wasn't done and they may imply somebody did that or maybe even you did it to remember not to attach. Like, perhaps I could be blamed, but I'm not going to worry about, you know, me being blamed. Have you seen some good results from this behavior? Um, I know it doesn't feel good, right? right? Um, so I don't think any direct, but then I just reassure myself it's part of my practice, so, and I know why I'm doing that. Do you ever imagine or do you have some sense of what would happen if you took the other route? Again, then I would have that moral shame that you spoke about. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And that's yeah. not worth it to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my experience in that situation is that it leads to all kinds of jealousies and competition. If you just let it go, then it doesn't build up that, that stuff with other people. You know what I mean? Well, so at work, I, um, of course, I take my practice everywhere, and um, there was a co-worker who got upset because we were sharing the same office, but there was a misunderstanding of who was using it that particular day, and so I was in there before she was, and mm -hmm. she got really upset and was cursing at me, and she told me, you act so innocent, right? And that was so confusing to me, but nobody knows there that I practice Buddhist practice, right? But I knew that's what it was because I didn't um, respond back to her and I was very patient and mindful and everything. I said to her even in my body language towards her. But um, that too didn't feel very good. And then of course we met with um, supervisors and again I did not want to defend myself or anything because I didn't think it was um, needed and so I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, I, I think if you keep on this course, I think you will see that the results that play out when people act the other way, then, you, you know, they, they're worse. It creates problems in the environment long term, whereas what you're doing won't do that. And I think you're going to notice that. And what you're saying, I think, is so important because we have to get over, you know, just the feeling of it in the, in the, in the beginning. Because it can, it can feel horrible in the beginning. I remember one time I was living in a monastery where someone was really treating me badly. And 
I had this urge to want to go tell other people. I wanted to tell the teacher, and I wanted to like complain, and I just, I just like, I just, I just held that, and I didn't say anything to anybody about it, and I didn't say anything harsh or anything. I didn't do anything, and and late, it took a while, but later on, this person's whole attitude changed towards me. If I had said this stuff and complained about it, it would have created some whole other thing that would have just. And I've done that in my life, so I know, you know, that over time it creates bad results that come back. So good, and the moral shame and moral dread is 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 helping you not do it right now, even if you don't see the long term. Like you're going this, like this is the way that's going to go into trouble, and this is the way you're going. And you're not maybe able to see that yet, but you will. Thank you. That helps. <laughs> yeah. And that feeling, that bad feeling, you know that it's not because you did anything wrong. It just feels bad to take the blame. It feels bad to, you know, have somebody say harsh things to us or ignore us or, you know, all that stuff. But if we have the wisdom to know that it's not, it's not like we're doing anything wrong. Then we can that that fear that fear or that I mean that feeling that's gonna pass. That's gonna pass. It's it's pretty impermanent. It feels really heavy. It feels really uncomfortable in my body. Do you have mechanisms and methods for working to, through that? Breathing. <laughs> yeah. Breathing's good. Um, before you go to bed at night. It's really helpful to reflect on the things that you did that day that were good. To remind yourself that you're doing good things. I think this is helpful for all of us. And in our culture, I think we're not conditioned to, to really see the good that we do. But in the Buddha's teachings, you see it all the time where people recognize the good that they're doing. They see it. They realize, you know, okay, I've, I've achieved this. And it's not like it goes to your head. It's not that. It, but it's like you you get it, and you and you have a feeling of of rightness and self confidence, and that's a healthy that's a healthy thing. And and it, you know before you go to bed, if you can't think of anything that you did good, you like I mean it can be anything, a kind thought, a kind a smile, you know something to help someone. But you can also think of the things you avoided doing. I didn't intentionally kill anything today. I didn't, I didn't take anything. No kidding. I mean, really. That's big. Yeah. I wanted to share a small insight that I think that I had while you were talking about impartiality. I think it extends beyond um, current relationships and family. Mm-hmm. And I had a few bright thoughts about parts of my life where I have treated people in my past a certain way that I believe to be impartial, and I treated people currently in my life in a similar way, and I think that impartiality has um, benefited me a lot in certain cases, and I think when you, when you were talking about that, you spoke of familial relationships and things like that, but I think it's helped me in, in a lot of other ways, mm-hmm. and I think that came up while you were talking about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, they said the Buddha, he even even like monks that were doing really wrong things, he still didn't have like you know, like he can't really say that quite. He did, he he would treat them in the way he would treat other people. Even though, you know, he would make clear that they should change their behavior. He didn't like treat the person with a disrespect or a putting down. It's like there's a kind of level of impartiality there. Because he wasn't holding on to anything either. When you were talking about um, reputation, it also made me think about the story about the woman who accused a monk of um, fathering a child with her. And um, so she took the child to him and in front of everybody and said, this is your child, why don't you just admit it? And the monk didn't say anything. He just accepted the child and took the child into his cave and cared for the child. And then one day she came back for the child and then she admitted, you know, this is not his child and took the child away and the monk still didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Said nothing. Yeah, I, when I heard it told, I heard it, that he said, oh, is that so? <laughs> Is that so? Is that so? Yeah. Yeah, because in a way, I mean, you know, how far is he going to get? With the villagers all angry, the father was angry, you know, you monk, you did this. And it was, you know, when I heard it told, it was a lie. From the beginning, she didn't want to implicate the, the boy. It takes a lot of forbearance sometimes, especially if people are treating us unkindly. And I and I don't mean to I don't I don't uh, I'm not an advocate of putting ourselves in the, in the path of that. You know, try to stay away from it. But in some situations, you can't help it. It's not something that's really that bad. It's just painful. And um, and then you know to just be consist be consistently kind. Not overboard, but just consistently kind. My experience is four out of five people will eventually come and apologize, even if they can't quite put their finger on what they've been doing to you. <laughs> it's really interesting. When, when I was talking about uh, Tan Jeff's encouragement to the, her mother about when you're bef- just to practice. Uh, when before you go to bed about preparing for death and to pick the right choice not to pick the first choice how did that land for you? what was, what was your sense? what was your reaction to that? who is this crazy nun? <laughs> she is really whack <laughs> well I thought about that because I thought maybe our karma um, kind of put us with our parents and kind of created our next lifetime. So that was kind of confusing to me. Confusing in what way, Bodhi? Um, so by the actions and behaviors and thoughts that we have in this lifetime, that we may or may not have a good rebirth for the next lifetime, right? Yeah. So I didn't know if that choice was really available or how that choice was available um, based on her karma, right? 
So in this lifetime, my father has practiced Buddhism for over 40 years, right? So I've been lucky, right? Um, and I didn't ask for that. I didn't know, right? Um, so I would hope next lifetime to meet him again, but how, how can I do that? But I would choose a different mother. <laughs> so, tell me how to do that one. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I think what you're saying, it's really good to kind of reflect on this. It's not automatic. It's not automatic that, oh, I did these things, because there's a whole bunch of mix stuff mixed together. We do some good things, we do some not good things, and then at the time of death, what's going to be there? You know, which way are we going to go? And the, the idea that we actually can practice enough mindfulness and clear comprehension that we can actually, you know, in our situations day to day, practice being present with and really investigating the choices and understanding and <coughs> being conscious. And then that habit carries over into that experience. So it's not like, oh, well, it all adds up to a certain thing and you go right into this other situation. But there actually are different things that present themselves according to what he says. And I, I think that's so. Was, we, was, yeah. there, was there anybody who, when they were hearing that, were saying, that doesn't feel right to me? Huh. Well, the first thing that popped in my head was you were saying that you you die and then you get presented these choices, so don't just hurry up and jump into it. And the thing that I stuck into is I would drag my feet to the last time. Like, I, don't, I don't see myself in any big hurry to come, you know what I'm saying? I, 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 would, I would pick the thing that takes me the furthest away from here somewhere else, some planet on the other side of the galaxy, you know what I'm saying? Well, those are also part of the options. It's I not guess. just this, re you know, not just this bird. I guess, but I don't know. That was the thing that struck yeah. me. It's like, be yeah. in a hurry. don't be in a big hurry to come back here. I'm like, I'm not in a big hurry to come back here. <laughs> it's like the opposite of what I'm the reason, the reason why I ask is because it's very, very common in, in contemporary Buddhist circles that the whole understanding of karma and rebirth is just not even talked about. And I know in the monastery that I lived in, Ajahn Sumedho never spoke about it. He never talked about mm -hmm. karma and rebirth. And part of that was coming from the perspective that, you know, in a Western context where you're not asking people to take on belief systems, it's hard to understand karma and rebirth unless you actually take on a belief system that's not something that you can necessarily experience directly. So there's obviously, you know, when there's a whole bunch of the teachings are based on certain principles, if you just sort of miss them, it, there's other, there's other <coughs> consequences of that. But it's a very common prevalent view in our, in our Western meditation circles not to talk about it. So my question was, okay, so here it is in space, it's being offered as if this is the truth, where is it landing for you? For myself, it's uh, I'm not relating to it in terms of future life choices because I, I haven't experienced that. I, I don't understand that. I'm not anticipating that. But I do relate to it very much in looking at each situation, each circumstance, each choice in this life and that the consequences of those choices uh, create my karma, create my the rest of what I'm going to experience. And so as I start to develop a little better understanding, I can see and anticipate what those consequences will be. And that lets me, you know, make a better choice, hopefully. Mm -hmm. 
and so yeah, that's that's how I, that's how I feel about that one. It's it's what's happening in this life. It's the rebirth of each moment. And this part you can observe. Yeah. Yeah, and we can look out over our past and go, yeah, I can see how that led to that result. You want that again? <laughs> I was reminded of some research that I thought might be interesting to share. There's this group of people in um, circles that I'm familiar with, software and, and games and things like that. This group of people called the Happiness Engineers, and they produced this list of 12 things you should do on a regular basis to achieve optimum happiness. Mm -hmm. was, uh, one of those items, I think it's number three or four, is meditate on death for at least five minutes a day. Uh, <laughs> I like this. And, <clears throat> and, uh, and there's, a, there's a number of other things. Hug somebody for 30 seconds. Wow. Um, dance in rhythm to music for at least 10 minutes. Mm. Exercise. I can't remember all of them. So are you so doing them? I'm trying. I'm trying cool. to incorporate them. Um, and then the death thing I've been thinking about yeah. know, for those five minutes on occasion. It's never really been a comfortable thing, but yeah. it's always been an interesting thing. I don't really have anything concrete, but it's, it's interesting to hear something that, as you said, was offered as truth. And to consider that is a little strange. Sarah, you had something? Oh, yeah, I was going to say. I, when hearing about karma and rebirth, my first thought was, yes, thank you. <laughs> I've been to several other groups where it was actually, you know, the teacher apologized. He was saying, not apologies, he was saying, you don't have to believe this. You know, he was talking about karma and rebirth and just saying, you know, you don't have, you don't have to sink your teeth into this if you don't want to. And, this was in a Buddhist Sangha, you know, and I, I was really left with the idea, why are we apologizing here? Why, why are we... It really struck me that day when he said, you don't have to believe this. And, and it, I recall the story of, another, of a, maybe a Tibetan teacher who had said, you know, here in the West, you're really separating the idea of uh, karma and rebirth from your Dharma practices. I've been asked, can you teach Buddhism? Can you teach the Dharma without karma and rebirth? And he said, yes, you can teach Dharma without karma and rebirth, but don't call it Buddhism. And so these things have always, yeah. I, I, I fully appreciate <coughs> the entirety of it. You know, I don't, I don't want it just to, you know, take a sliver out. If it's uncomfortable, take a sliver out. Of it. yeah. And it's, you know, controversial. Yeah. See, I I don't I don't I do talk about it a lot. I have no doubt about it myself, and there are good reasons for that. But I also grew up in a fundamentalist Christian background, and then I did four years of interfaith seminary and looking at the the nexus of all the major religions and what's the golden thread that runs through it. Okay, Christianity. What happens after you die? You go to heaven or you go to hell? I mean, at least in the in the brand, that, in the flavor that we had. And <clears throat> that's a rebirth. That's a rebirth. You're, you're passing away from this existence and you're showing up in another one. That's a rebirth. It's not that odd for our culture. 
It just doesn't go like, oh, it says that, well, that's eternal. Frankly, that never made sense to me. I don't see how, you know, like one minister said, if you speed down the highway one, if you go over the speed limit one time, that could land you in hell. I'm thinking, that's going to land you in hell for eternity? <laughs> Somehow that just seems a little off to me. My son, when he was a monk, one time he said, you know, you know how it is when you go to a restaurant and you order a cup of coffee and the person at the next table orders a five-course dinner? When you get the check, you get the check for the coffee. That guy gets the check for his five-course dinner. Same with karma. It makes sense to me, right? But anyway, in Buddhism, there's a lot more different possibilities, so there's a lot more different variants, so it's more like, well, it, it kind of fits this, fits your situation where that could go. There's different shoes that you could choose. <laughs> I don't know. Can we wind up? Yes, we can wind up, wind down. <laughs> are, are you up for doing a sharing of blessings and loving kindness meditation for five minutes or so? Sure. Yeah. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.